So hello, sisterhood. I want to say welcome and hey to all the ladies in the room, people watching online, in your groups, in homes, other campuses. I'm Katie, and I'm so glad to be sharing the word um, with you all today. And I love the semester and this topic that we're going through, the unashamed, unshakable, and unstoppable. These are powerful words that we're talking about. And I know last week you had an incredible teaching and word about unshakable confidence, which is amazing. And it's not just a confidence of self-confidence, but true confidence in the Heavenly Father, which brings so much security and hope for us as believers. But tonight I get the honor to continue on in the semester and talking about unshakable foundation, our unshakable foundation. And according to Oxford Dictionaries, I'm just going to read off the, uh, the definition of unshakable. It means to have a belief feeling or opinion, strongly felt and unable to be changed. It's unwavering, it's sure, and it's steady. And here in this world, in this day and age, who knows that there's a lot of things vying for our attention, pulling us in and trying to convince us that that is a firm foundation. But there's truly only one thing in this entire world that is our sure and true unshakable foundation. And Paul says it clearly to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 10. I'm going to read this off. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder, and another builds on it. But each one must be careful how he builds on it, for no one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. So as simple and as plain as it says in that scripture, that is truth and that is what we stand on. Jesus Christ is our foundation. He's the center of it all. He's the final word. He is the prize. He is who we build our lives on and who we build up the world um, around us. We're proclaiming this to the world that Jesus is our foundation. And here in Corinthians, Paul was writing this letter to this church in Corinth. And these are people that have taken on the word and believed in Jesus Christ and believed in the gospel. But Paul is needing to do a little pastoring for them because there was some corruption and some sin going on in Corinth and he had to pastor them and address it, call them up and call them out about it. The Corinthians were compromising and lowering their standards to the culture around them. They were not living a life shaped by Christ. And what I love about the word of God is that we can read about things like this that happened so long ago and they're still applicable today. It's super easy to read in Corinthians and be like, man, those people were in it. They were doing so many crazy things. They were so sinful. But things like this are actually an invitation for us to look inward and say, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me how this applies to me today. And today we all face temptation to live according to the standards of worldly culture. But there is a better way 
to live. Because if we live according to the world, the Bible equates that to building our foundation on shifting sand or sinking sand, as you may have heard. And Jesus is talking about this in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read this for us. This is Jesus' words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Life is tough sometimes, and hard things do come. Living a life for Jesus and with Jesus, and when we accept him into our life as our Lord and Savior, does not promise a perfect life. And that's just the truth. And sometimes we go with months going by and everything's great. And sometimes something just hits us out of the blue. But when our foundation is truly on Jesus Christ, who's so trustworthy, who's faithful to us, those storms won't completely crush us, but they'll make us stronger. But if we go through life and... We're a little unstable, and at times our security is in Jesus Christ, and other times they're not. If we're hit with a storm out of blue, it might be a little bit tougher to get back up if our foundation is not solely in Jesus. And I want to continue on in kind of our anchoring verse for tonight out of 1 Corinthians. This is Paul again to the Corinthian church. Starting in verse 11, for no one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, it will be lost, but he will be saved. Yet it will be like an escape through fire. Like I said before at the beginning of this message, today's society, there are so many things that are trying to get our attention and causing confusion and leading believers astray. We have so many voices in media, culture, trying to tell us the way. And I hear people talk about this a lot. Oh, I'm living out my truth. It's like, what does that even mean? I don't know. The truth, the life, and the way for believers is Jesus Christ. And it even can be as simple as anything we use to comfort ourselves or use to replace Christ in any way. Kind of changing Jesus Christ from our foundation into something else. And for me, even good things, seemingly unharmful good things, leadership books, podcasts, different preachers and sermons that I'm really taking in and trying to grow, if I'm not careful, I can start going to those things before I go to the word of God for discernment and for clarity 
and for direction and for advice. Inherently not bad things, but if my foundation is starting to shift towards other things other than Jesus Christ, I need to take a moment, stop, pray, realign, and recommit back to Jesus Christ. And we must turn to God for our strength and bring our burdens to him because he is all-knowing, all-loving, gracious to us, and he's so trustworthy. And God alone is perfectly faithful. He's where we turn for our fulfillment. You know, it's one thing to believe and know that Jesus Christ is our foundation, right? We can take that as head knowledge and even know that in our heart and believe that as followers of Christ. But it's a whole other thing to actually start walking that out, right? It's one thing to know it, but then actually living our life, glorifying Jesus and showing the world in our words and our actions that he is our foundation, I'm talking about the works we do for the kingdom of God or the fruit of our life, what we are producing in our actions and our words. And I love what Jesus said back in Matthew 7 that I read earlier. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And this verse works hand in hand with what Paul was describing in 1 Corinthians Three, Paul doesn't just encourage us to be intentional to only build off of the foundation of Jesus, but he also challenges us to be intentional about how we build on that foundation. Paul listed out a handful of elements that we could uh, be building with, gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, all those things that he listed off in 1 Corinthians. And I don't think he just listed those things off for fun, writing to the church in Corinth. Like, oh, these are things that you could build a home with. But I think these are things for us to take a pause and consider what they mean and what they could resemble in our life. So I want you to imagine two homes being built side by side. They have the same exact foundation. Like I said in Matthew 7, like you can hear, Jesus saying you can hear what I am preaching and receive it, but it's one thing to walk it out. So two homes side by side, they have identical foundations. One home builds on top of the foundation with cheaper materials. Maybe the builders kind of cut some corners and are using things that aren't super sturdy. It may even look nice on the outside, like you drive past it and think, hey, I would totally live there, totally my vibe. I love it, I would love to live there. But it's structurally not sound. The things built on it are not long lasting. And I think of the wood, the hay, and the straw that Paul was describing in that verse. These things will quickly burn up in fire at a time of testing. And that's kind of the metaphor that he uses. Wood, hay, and straw is gonna burn up in a second. They're not long-lasting. And if we do work in the name of Jesus, but for our own personal gain rather than for his glory, these works will be burned up. They'll be no good, and they will be gone. And it may even look good on the outside. Like you have good, um, it seems good on the outside, but your heart and your motives are not pure. Those two will be gone. 
But let's think about the other house. This is hopeful and this is exciting for us. Same foundation, Jesus Christ. But now what's built on top of that foundation is strong, secure, and long-lasting. Builders did not cut any corners. They took time, intentionality, maybe went through a couple hard meetings and times of really deciding and making sure that the decisions that they were making were good for the longevity of the house to stand. And I, I think of the gold, silver, and costly stones that Paul wrote about. These are valuable materials in nature. They are solid, durable, and precious, and they can bear the testing of fire. They are materials that last and are focused on glorifying the everlasting one. Come what may, that house will stand. And I don't know about you, but I want to be building a life that will stand and withstand the test of time and also the things that are going on in this world that test us. And there will be a day of testing the quality of each of our work and what our life is here on this earth that reveals the quality of our heart and our life. In 2 Corinthians 5.10 it says this, For one day we will be openly revealed before Christ on his throne so that each one of us will be duly recomposed for actions done in life, whether good or worthless. And that kind of feels a little daunting. Like, whoa, there's going to be a day where I'm tested and the Lord looks at my life. And talking about the fear of God can kind of be a little confusing at times. Like, am I supposed to be scared of my creator and heavenly father? And uh, one of my old pastors described it like this, and maybe you've heard it, but a fear of God is a true just awe of who he is, acknowledging that he is holy, his word is final, and we are truly living lives devoted to him. Whatever that may be, whatever he asks, whatever he guides us to do, our answer is yes. So when it comes to that day of testing, let's approach it with a holy reverence and an excitement and an expectation to be face-to-face with our Savior. And in this, we must remember God's character in in these verses because he is good. And he is for us. He's not looking down wanting us to fail and to build houses that are going to crumble. He is cheering for us to succeed. And what's beautiful is we have the help of the Holy Spirit. We're not meant to do this alone. Praise God. Because if I was doing it alone, it would not be good for anyone. But the Holy Spirit is with with us and our lives are to point other people to Jesus Christ. People looking at how we live, how we use our words, how we walk, how we treat people. That should point people to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is our helper in this. And this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If we're living devoted to God, we should see these things being produced in our life. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 say this. But the fruit of the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. The works or actions we do for God, the life that we live, with the help and empowerment of the Holy Spirit, with daily reliance on Christ, those things are going to last. But the work we do for the kingdom in our own ability, our own strength, our own power, for reasons other than the glory of God, will not last. And I'll just share with you that for me, that's challenging. I'm independent. At times, I love just knowing how things are going to go. I love being in control. I'm kind of a perfectionist. And so over the course of my life, I feel like God has just slowly asked me to open my hands fully to him because he wants to take me, he wants to take you farther because he has a purpose and a calling on each of your lives that we do not have the time to be dabbling in other things other than our foundation on Jesus Christ alone and building on top of that. And I do wanna be clear and help bring clarity to this that our works are not required in order to seal our salvation. Praise God. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. It says that in Romans. I'm thankful for grace and the simplicity of receiving salvation. But faith without works is dead. And it says that in James. And um, I do want to go back to 1 Corinthians 3, though. It says, Paul's writing, but if the work is burned up, the builder will still be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. I don't want to get through this life just barely escaping. There's life here on earth that is meant to have abundance and that is biblical and true. We want more than just uh, almost escaping the fire kind of life. Our lives should mean something and have value. And that value comes from Jesus Christ. A woman who is confident in her God, like you talked about last week, and has her foundation on Jesus Christ and is building on her life with holy and good things, that is a woman to be reckoned with. And the enemy is not pumped when us as women and believers start walking in that way. He will do everything in his power to derail our lives. And who can testify to this that comparison is one of the biggest ways that he will do that? Moments for me, I've felt like I've made strides in my walk with the Lord and all of a sudden I'm on Instagram or talking to someone about the different things that they're doing and their ministries, and I'm speaking to that example because I'm working at the church, I'm in ministry, and this little voice in your head starts saying, hmm, Katie, I think what you're doing is not super valuable. You're not cut out for this. You don't have what it takes. And those things, those little seeds of comparison that that enemy is trying to take root in our lives, we have to be proactive in ridding those things out of our mind because... Like I said before, each 
one of you, each one of you, God has designed and given purpose and specific things for you to live out. And we cannot compare to the woman to the right or to the left of us because we are created unique. And Paul reminds us not to compare ourselves with one another. The test of our works comes from God alone and not from each other. In 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 5, it says this. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by human authority. That's great. I need to walk more in that at times, right? I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. Paul's saying, I don't even judge myself. That's something I need to grow in. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Only God knows the motives of our heart. Thank goodness. He's the only one that gets to determine and know those deep things in us. It says that in Jeremiah. And Paul is really aware of our human tendency to measure our works against one another. That he gives us this warning to avoid the temptation of a religion based on works in Galatians. 4.3. After starting your new life in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Perfectionism, man. That's something that I'm growing in and working on. So it's this beautiful balance of grace and receiving that, but also acknowledging that because of the grace that we receive, we want to live a life that is worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made. So let's not waste our time trying to figure out or judge for ourselves the value of our own or others' works. God knows the motives of each one's heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you in the things he has called you to and do not allow yourself to be concerned with what others are doing. Uh, one of the last things I want to leave you with is just take a quick look into the Old Testament at King Saul and Samuel. And if you don't know the full story, it is wild. It's like a movie. Go back into your Bible this week and read First and Second Samuel. Um, but Samuel, he was a prophet who brought direction and counsel to God's people and their king. And at the time, King Saul was reigning. In chapter 15 of 1 Samuel, we'll find Samuel giving King Saul a very strong message. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they come from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. God gave the Israelites the victory that day in battle, but Saul captured the king and didn't kill him as he was told to do. He also saved the best of the Amalekites' livestock, disobeying what God had commanded him to do. The Lord was deeply grieved and was sorry that he ever made Saul king. And Samuel cried out to the Lord all night about this. And the story continues. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. First he disobeyed and then he said, look at me and how amazing I am. Can you believe that? But again in scripture, this is an invitation for us to look inward Lord, when have there been times where I've been doing something only to glorify myself? 
Samuel goes on to rebuke Saul. What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offering and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. I think God simply wants us to listen to his voice and do what he calls us to do. We're not always going to get it all right, and I'm thankful for grace. Um, This is the best news ever, and I want to lead and end with this. Colossians 1, 22 and 23 in the message translation, it says this. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got, but now by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that, amen. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned into the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There's no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets the same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of this message. The message of the gospel is the grace of Christ and he is our foundation. Stand firm on this foundation, never be shaken. And if we get distracted or diverted, he is faithful to lead us back on course in love, mercy, and grace. Ask him to keep you on course through his spirit. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you that you are our foundation. Lord, today would you just give us a fresh perspective and an understanding of your Holy Spirit who will guide us in all these things in living a life glorifying you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.